0: Hey It's Big Gun Brian Petrie Coming weekly, Wednesday takes Not a gamble when I ramble All my slime balls we parlay We just stick to the money The tickets no funny The chalk boys get in the bag Nothing the to stage, top in the cage Needed a chin and he lay on the mat It's Wednesday takes Making Wednesday crazy You're seeing MMA Big Gun Brian, no denying Where he be hey wednesday, wednesday takes baby i don't want microphones up so what's up what's up what's good oh man it feels like it's been a while because it has been off ufc week wednesday takes has been kind of taking a hit with the personal life and everything getting busy but we're back um, going to be kind of a little, you know, I didn't ask questions to the beautiful Twitter and social media community. I do have a top five. So I, I want you to uh, anything I talk about hammer the comments. Um, But uh we're going to go over D- D- Dan and White contender series last night. We're going to do a full recap over Sanhagen song, betting creep as well. A couple of things to talk about. Give my top five. We'll reel that. And then we're going to preview UFC 280 because October, Beginning of the month. Oh, thin, thin, boys. But that UFC 280 card, oh, oh, I'm just barking at it. I'm so fucking excited. What's up with the what's up? Listen, um, been a while doing Wednesday takes. Wednesday takes, we're here, we're back. We're, we're, we're going to slowly roll more out. You know, what happens with me is my, my brain works faster than everything. That's why I mess up talking all the time. So I was like, I'm going to do Wednesday takes every Wednesday. But then, you know, my, my daughter's in school now. I got to pick up from school. Then I got to do homework. Then I got to edit this. This takes me a while to edit this. You know what I mean? And and uh, I've been getting a lot of emails or DMs from people going, hey, I work for a pr- pr- uh, production company. All it needs to do is $500 a month starting out and we'll help you get your... Pr- now, I, I, what, what do you think I am, huh? What do you think I made a money here? I haven't been winning bets lately. Relax with that shit. But... We're here. We're back. Dana White contender series was last night. 17-year-old kid fought. I'll give you my thoughts on that last. Uh, good for him. Good for the 17-year-old kid. Uh, first fight, Fioho versus uh, Itchikovarana. Laura Sanko was absolutely murdering these pronunciations. I have no chance, but Fialho got his leg kicked up, came back and won press performance. All winners got signed, which was interesting. Then Ali versus Josh Wick. Not related to John Wick. So if you bet thinking he was John Wick's relative or whatever, sorry, you know, I mean, Josh Wick is, you know, good kicker, average of the run fighter, and he fought a, 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 a Russian who was 6-0 at the time and just said, I must break you, and he did, and that was a really good Russian accent, don't don't give me shit about it, Austin Lane returned against uh, Richard Jacoby, uh, Austin Lane got knocked out by Greg Hardy, went 7-2 outside the promotion, I'm drooling all over myself, just salivating, talking about fight with you guys, and um, came back, looked pretty good, showed his athleticism, made some mistakes, but you know, used his athleticism and strength to rebound it and then finish the fight. Good performance by him. Raul uh, Raul Rosas Jr. was the was the 17 year old he fought Mando Gutierrez. We'll come back to that. Uh, and then Ferreira versus Alou. Ferreira just butchered him through the first round. Deserves a contract. 9-0. Undefeated. 185. Or weak. UFC can use talent there. Back to the 17-year-old. So when I was 17, I posted a picture on, on my socials of me with was 17. That guy's not fighting the UFC. That guy has no work ethic. That guy is a bum, right? So I am impressed Because, you know, when I hear of a young fighter making, I always worry about cardio. Are they working that hard? Are their bodies ready for this? There's grown man strength out there, right? He fought Gutierrez, who has a decent little record. He was 7-1 coming in. Good good on the ground, but made a ton of mistakes. Uh, Rosas Jr., I just didn't think was ready. Made a ton of mistakes himself. Looked pretty filled out for 135. He's probably going to end up his career at 145. Made some nice call-outs in his little pre-fight package there, calling out Aljo, calling out Jan, calling out uh Cheeto. Woo! Yeah, that's slow the roll there, pal. Um, but typically when younger fighters fight, they run out of gas. He ain't got no gas in it. I he had gas in it. That was my biggest concern. He is he was gonna run out of gas. He did not. Um, but I still think he looked very average, but maybe above average for a 17-year-old. Maybe I'm critiquing him a little too bit hard. He is 17 years old, and I figured the UFC was going to put him on a developmental deal, whatever, and they didn't. UFC signed him out. Daniel was very impressed. I get it. Okay, good for the kid. Way to make money. Way to make history. Whatever, right? I support you. I have nothing against you, even though I thought you looked mid. But I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not. I'm just simply not, right? But there is a thing. I talked about it on this very show, kicking around the idea that Bo Nickel, my guy Bo, Bo Knows. That he was already signed with the UFC. They're just giving him more, you know, experience before they let him in the UFC. Thus, he was never going to get a contract his first time out. It was always going to be they're going to send him back for ratings for what? Because they're promoting the hell out of him. They might put him in the UFC game. Last, last, uh, next week is the last contender series for the year. He's obviously made a betting. I'm starting to fucking believe that, right? I'm starting to really buy into that. You know what I mean? Why does a 17-year-old kid who's 5-0, 6-0, he's 5-0, 17, have enough experience, but Bo Nickel, what everything he did in wrestling, he's 27, 28 years old, everything he did, and then what he did in the cage, he mauled that guy. You mean to tell me the 17-year-old kid who looked mid is ready, but Bo Nickel's not? Hey, I'm on, I'm on team conspiracy theory now. I never thought I'd say that. I'm on your guys' side. Something's up. And that's the only explanation is he's already signed. They're just going through the movements, whatever. You know what I mean? You guys win this round. Conspiracy theorists, you win this round. Because there's no other fucking explanation of why that's happening. There's just no other. Because Bo Nickel couldn't have looked better. His ground and pound looked fierce. Didn't get hit. Took him down. Had a front choke. Switched to the back, and then didn't even have a real choke, but just had that squeeze. He's gonna break his fucking jaw. Tapped him. And the guy he fought. I mean, listen, the guy he fought's not this world beater, but the guy that Rosa fought last night's not either. The guy is fucking an IQ of a bag of hammers. You know what I mean? What are you doing? Giving a position to it all? That? What are you doing? But uh, I'm on Team Conspiracy Theory on that one. Something's up. Something's up. All right. So it's been, I haven't talked to you. Have I? The Nate. Yeah, I did the pick them. So the Nate Diaz. Um. Uh. Good for Nate. Proud of Nate. Shout out, Nate. I'm not a 209 army, but, you know, it is what it is. But we're going to recap St. Hagen's song. I love this card. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. I went seven to six on my picks. I'm down money, right? So for the past two weeks, week one, I was up 87. 0.87, not 87 units. 0.87 units. 87 bucks. Two weeks ago, I was up 27 bucks. So I'm a little over one unit. This week, I lost 64, right? So I'm down 0.64. $64. I tried different techniques. Sometimes I'll load up on three fights. Slime ball parlay and then a couple straights. Heavy money. I was firing little bullets. Just tiny little fucking cap guns. I had so many small bets. I had pages of bets on my DraftKings. Um, so I hit some, miss some. Obviously, you know you know how that goes, but I'm down on the hole because I did put a lot on the slime ball. Four-legger, goddamn Tanner Bozier. We'll get to that. Um, but I felt dialed in, even though I went seven to six on my picks. I'm down money. I'm not super upset, and I hate to be the asshole to say this. I hate to be the guy to be like, I was on the right side of everything, and blah, 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 blah. everything's fucking rainbows. No, I get miserable when I lose, Okay. You're going to hear me get upset. I I take this shit very seriously. When my team loses Cincinnati Bengals, I I take that personally. When I lose a bet, I take it personally. But this, I really was like, man, I didn't cut any corners. I was dialed in every pick I like. I mean, I could have maybe, you know, obviously hindsight, you could always go somewhere else, like pick something else. But I'm like, I'm happy with what I did. And I guess at the end of the day, is that what matters? Fuck no. What matters is winning money. And I didn't win money, but I'm okay. My locks went two or three. Uh, my dog lock got wiped out. That was Sarah man. but I did get two mortal locks. I get Joe Pyfer. I gave Hang Sandhang. And I sent him home. Chitty, 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 Bang, Bang. Uh, he did not send him home. He got sent home. Fucking eh, sent home, but he did get that Yeah, that cut, that nasty-ass cut. All right, so uh, we'll run through the recap. I'll recap every fight. Motiver's Van Camp. I had Van Camp by sub. One of my little cap gun bullets. Um I just thought Van Camp was bigger, stronger, was going to get this fight to the ground. The guy's just keeping his chin in the air. He's like this. Chin way up in the air. Buddy, you got knocked on your debut at 170. Cool. You're a grappler. Like, Moda came out and was just throwing left hooks. And he's just not putting his hands up, right? He believes in his chin when he shouldn't believe in his chin. Um, I'm disappointed. Listen, I, I mean, him by submission was... I think it was like plus 350, plus 450. It wasn't the craziest number. It wasn't like 12 to 1, 11 to 1 or whatever, but I I thought maybe the size he's going to take him to the ground and fucking and, and do work. He did not. Very disappointing got knocked out in the first round. Javed Basharat versus Tony gravely Love this fight. Uh Basharat's a beast. Him and his brother are fucking studs. I had Basharat money line -155, also I at him like a small little parlay with a couple of little fighters. Just like a, a, a promotional parlay thing they were giving out. Lost that one. But I had a money line, small money line uh, which obviously minus 155 favorite. You're not getting a big kickback, but uh, he looked great. He looked fast. He looked smooth. He out wrestled the wrestler uh, from not really coming from a wrestling background. His standup is, is on point. His timing's on point. He's tough. He's willing to exchange in the pocket. Tony Gravely's a tough dude. Um, Gravely's chin's been a little bit of an issue. He took some big shots uh, and he delivered some big shots, but shot looked fucking good. This is a guy to keep an eye on him and his brother. Both are someone i like to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, Jillian Robertson versus Maria Agapova. Again, I flip-flopped on this fight. flip flop like a fucking slap, flapjack, whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, I liked uh, uh, Agapova, a a and then I flipped on the pickle. And I'm glad I did because after that first round, Agapova's just spent, gassed, right? She's got that weird body type. Robertson looked really bad the first round. She took like 40 elbows to the head and just wouldn't move kept holding on her legs. And yeah, yeah. and I'm like, fucking move. You're getting elbowed in the fucking head. Second round again, Agapova gassed. Robinson took her down, fucking drowned her. Had that last minute, took her by submission. Again, a little baby bet. So we're up. We're up a little bit there. Obviously, the parlay is the one that didn't miss. So, you know, it is what it is. And then this fight. Goddamn, this fight. Trey Ogden versus Daniel Zell Huber. I had Zell Huber by KL. Put a little bit more than a cap gun on it. Put a little bit of smaller of a bullet on it. We're talking probably like 50 bucks. Um, I think it's just a 48 or something. I don't know. I was doing weird math. I was at the park with my kids going, okay, so if I put this half unit, maybe I shouldn't do half unit. Maybe I should do 48. I think it was $48 I put on him by KO, which was a nice plus number. He looked like a bum. And I hate saying that because he's a young kid. He's 23. But you got outstruck by Trey Ogden who got outstruck by Jordan Levitt. Trey Ogden used an inside leg kick and a left hand a shitty jab, and a check hook, and that shut you down, shut you the fuck down, you can't have that, you can't have, on air 23, I'm not gonna burn his bridge yet, I think he's still very talented, but man, that's a winnable fight for you, Trey Godwin's a grappler, grapple a little bit, I know that maybe froze you a little bit, but rounds two, rounds three, you gotta get going, his corner's shouting at him, get going bro, he did not he fell apart, mm. very upset. On Daniel Zo there. Again, I get googly eyes for the new guys. I got a little googly-eyed for him. Trey Ogden, I thought it was a winnable fight, even though Trey is a veteran, good grappler, everything. Never in a million years I think he'd outstrike him, and he did. And it was uh it was just categorically bad. Uh so Zell in my graveyard right now, right next to Tanner Bosher. Uh, it's gonna take a little bit for you to get out of there there. But Loma Locabulmi, hey, versus uh Denise. I'm saying Denise, I know that's not how you pronounce it, Gomes. Uh, a really aggressive and an incredible fight. Gomes fought in the contender series like four weeks ago, got hit like 400 times and she, she won and she came back and took this fight on relatively short notice and gave Boomi, who was a pretty good, decent sized favorite a nice run for her money. My boy Christian part of the show. He loved Boomi. He had her in like every parlay. She obviously won out. I wasn't so confident in this fight. I avoided this fight. I did not have a bet on this fight. No parlays, no nothing. Uh, Lukabumi again, smaller for the division, but strong in there. And Gomes proves she's UFC quality. I think this was a really scrappy fight, and she lost position a lot of times. It was a little bit more of a grappling fight than I anticipated. She lost some position on the ground, got you know was cut up a little bit, but uh, had some good spots in there, you know, with submission wise over Lukabumi, but just could not get it done. Trevor with Louis Kosey. I'm done with the Kosci brothers. I'm done betting them. I think I'm done watching them. This fight stunk from the top to bottom. Watching paint dry looked like a training session. Trevin Giles went out there, and I have no fault Trevor Trevin Giles. Looked in the best shape of his career at 170, looked lean, looked trim, um, and just needed a win. And he went out there and Lewis He Co- did nothing. No aggression, no nothing. Uh, I had Cosey by KO. That's just I might as well just lit that money on fucking fire. Thought he was gonna catch Giles because everyone does. Uh, he didn't like throw a punch to like the third round, didn't wrestle till the third round, didn't do anything. The guy's shittier than his tattoos, and I hate to be so critical, but man. Uh when they came off the contender series, they had a great, like a great outlook on them. They had like a great, you know, prospect. They were there, right? And then they come to you see him and his brother, and they just lay eggs. I know his brother won his last fight, but it's just like, man, tough stuff. Damon Jackson versus Pat Sabatini. This is why I had Pat Sabatini in my Philly special parlay lost. Put a nice little chunk on that. We're talking about 80-something bucks. Um, no, a little less than that. I think it was about 65, 65 bucks. Uh, I should pull my phone out and tell you again, everyone likes that. Like I shared a bet slip of Hernandez winning by sub and one of my good followers was like, yeah, I've never seen that I like that. And I typically don't do that because that's what everyone does. Everyone shows, it shows their bet slips. Everyone shows their, you know, bet MMA tips, which I, I need to get back on. Everyone shares that stuff and whatever. And I just, I feel like I, I want to separate myself a little bit, and not really share that, but if that's what you guys like, I'll share them. I'll share the looters, the winners, the, the whole fucking kid caboodle. Um, even the embarrassing ones that you see me bet that, you know, that maybe I don't keep track of, you know what I mean? Like, there's always like those ones you put in the MMA, bet MMA tips. And then there's always like that one flyer part. You're like, I don't want to see people that I'm doing this. I'm going to put, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to put five or on a couple of these that I don't want to be see, people see me do. But if it hits, Hey, it hits. Um, but if that's what you want to see, I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. I mean, what I have nothing to sh- be ashamed of, but, um, but, uh, uh, God, but the the, the Philly special, um, surprise, that's why I love MMA, never in a million years, and I get Damon Jackson fights wrong all the time, I under, underestimate him quite a bit, right, you're right, he's a very good fighter, I make fun of his hair and everything, I did the whole thing, but very good fighter, Sabatini's a very good fighter as well, I thought Sabatini was going to have his way here, I thought he was better grappler, better cardio, Damon Jackson was going through crazy shit in his life with his brother dying unexpected like a week ago. I mean, that's heartbreaking. Damon Jackson goes in there, throws a front kick, hurts Sabatini, and just is, jumps on like a dog on a bone, baby. Does not give him a... And then Sabatini fucking verbal taps. He verbally taps. BJ Penn had a quote, if you tap the strikes, you're a bitch. He said that about George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre tapped the strikes over Matt Sarah and George St. Pierre is one of the greatest if not the greatest fighter of all time, you can put them in that category. Certainly the best welterweight, right? So obviously there's exceptions to the rule, but when you're from Philly and you're Philly tough, right? And I can say this looking in the camera and being honest, every single person that I make fun, of, everyone in the UFC can beat, beat the shit out of me. Okay. That, that's fine. But here's the one thing I can look at you and tell you. I never tapped the strikes. I might ball up in a ball and wait for the ref to stop it and then jump up and go, what are you doing? I was, I was there. I'll do that shit. But you ain't getting me to tap the strikes. You ain't get me to go, I quit. I quit. Unless there's a major injury. Now, again, Sabatini could have been completely injured with, with something. I don't know. And you go, hey, my arm, my arm, or whatever the fuck it is. That happens all the time. That's fine. I don't know the extent of that. But it looked like he was getting his fucking head caved in. And he looked at the ref and said, I'm out. I want out. That, I, uh, You know, Pat Tab- Sabatini goes down a rung to me now. He he was a guy that I wanted to keep an eye on. Philly tough, scrappy. He goes down a notch now because you can't, I mean, you just can't, you can't, you can't do that. Let the ref step in, huh? What are we doing? Anthony Fluffy Hernandez versus Marc Andre Burrow. This is one of the positive wins plus 250 this is why i share because i had a really strong in this This is also part of my parlay as well a really strong lean on anthony hernandez the guy's an absolute beast i saw some really talented uh cappers picking barry out here because he's just he's just you know an experienced tough guy but you know i figured fluffy was gonna cook him the bone like bryce mitchell said i mean this guy grappling city is striking looked on point he's you know he's come a long way from getting knocked out by kevin holland getting hurt to the body or whatever um, and he looked trimmed up. He looked to be in the best shape of his life. His cardio, even when he was still like a little fluffy, his cardio was still through the roof. So now that he's even trimmed up, it's even better. He put a pace on him, and I'm glad he got that submission in the third round, hit it plus 250. But again, it was just kind of small chump changes, 25 bucks. So I didn't hit big right there, but that obviously helped the bleeding of the parlays that I missed and whatnot. But Fluffy Hernandez is a guy that definitely the lookout for. If I had to give a five-star performance, he's he's my five-star performance of the night. I don't have that fucking jingle anymore, but, uh, I was super impressed with Hernandez. The only thing I didn't like, and this is just my own personal weird thing was they're like, who do you want next? He goes, I don't, I don't really watch MMA. I have no idea who it is. You know, I understand that you train and you live this life and you need a bit of separation. My guy, Chris Curtis, I think he does now, but at least in the past, he was not like tuned into the MMA scene. Um, he has no idea who's in this division. You know, he do not he don't care, which is kind of cool. But also it's like, you're going to run into a motherfucker that you think you can do this to. And if you watch a little bit of tape, you're a little familiar with them. You're like, Oh shit, maybe, but maybe the, he lets his coaches do that. I don't know. Everyone has a different opinion on it. I like my guys to be a little tuned into what the fuck's going on. You know what I mean? Cause if Anthony Hernandez runs into Bo nickel and Hernandez goes, Oh, this guy's all the contender series. I don't, I don't really watch. I don't really watch him. mate like, whatever. I mean, listen, I'm not saying Bo Nickel's the king or anything like that. Maybe I am, but Hernandez ain't ain't grappling Bo Nickel like he's doing with everyone else. So he better fucking know who Bo Nickel is when he walks in there. You know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? Maybe once he gets like top 10, top five, maybe he's like, okay, I'm going to start fucking dialing in here. Still young in his career. Uh, Nasimento versus Bozier. Bozier blew up my parlay. This fucking Boner Bozier. This Kentucky waterfall, Mississippi mudslide haired, son of a bitch, blew her up. Um, I love this fight. This is one of those things where I'm talking about, guys. I know I lost. and I know I lost a parlay, but I'm just always going to pick Bozier in the spot. Undersized, but this is a guy who looks in the best shape of his life. Comes in 230. It's 229. Ripped up. Finding out Samato is 260, right? Big, big boy. Nascimento, decent grappler, not worldly, has one takedown. His striking is a little awkward. He's long, but whatever. And I'm thinking Bozier's been out for however long, 15 months, or whatever it is, maybe more. He's coming off. His last loss was Latifi, which he thought he won, um, but he just got out wrestled. And Latifi's a smaller heavyweight, but a great wrestler. You would think, okay, I'm going to go work on my strengthening and conditioning and I'm going to go work on my wrestling. He worked on one of those things. He didn't work on his wrestling because those double legs that Nascimento got. Were not great. They were not fast. He locked his hands and uh, Bozier just did not know how to hip out. Did not know how to defend. Got to his back. And then when he got to his back, accepted it. Waits too long to get up. Was waiting for a stand up. And you're just wasting rounds away. That's a winnable fight. He had him hurt in that second round. He almost had him out in that second round. Um, and then just, just grappling failed him. So Tanner Bozier is in the graveyard for me. It's a guy that I'll never bet again. Um, can't do it, won't do it, won't bet for him, won't bet against him, seems like a nice guy, whatever, but ain't gonna do it. But he also established gatekeeper status after this fight. This guy's not sniffing a title. Even though heavyweight is very thin and they might just throw him in there because they have no other bodies, he's not sniffing a title. He's the gatekeeper now. That's his title. Pfeiffer versus Amadosky. Amadosky, I mean the worst fighter in the UFC roster by far and Pfeiffer B Joe Pfeiffer got a nice little push here um got a layup with Amadoski and then just slapped him the first round I didn't have Pfeiffer by knockout something I should I have had in the Philly the Philly um excuse me the Philly parlay and the slime ball parlay obviously both lost but B Joe Pfeiffer Pfeiffer's nice I love he came out Dana gave me money. Dana gave me a play. Here's what I told my wife. Here's what's interesting. After the contender series, right? He was at the UFC event because he was, you know, he's got a star. He's got a name next to his name. It's a great, it's a great thing. Dana White, BJ Joe Pfeiffer. I love it. So this is a guy that's homeless. Said he was homeless. Sleeping on park benches. Comes from a very horrible home. Has no money in his account. Up against the wall. Like the, just the most terrible stuff someone can go through. Right? But he's at the fights with a fucking 10, dude. She's a 10 sitting next to him. That's his chick, I guess. And I'm like, I know Pfeiffer's kind of jacked. Not everyone's type. He's got red hair. He's pale. He's an okay looking guy. But his chick's a 10. And this dude's got no money. I'm like, what is happening here? That's my question. How'd he get her, right? Maybe, maybe maybe he paid for it? No, I don't know. I didn't say that. Maybe he did. It's in, it is Vegas, whatever. With B Joe Piper, baby, he looked great. Andre Feely versus Bill Algio. Very close fight. A lot of people split on this fight. I thought Andre Feely won this fight. It was a split decision. I thought he won pretty clean. Um, you know, everyone has different opinions. This is what it is. I had Andre Feely. I had a money line. Nice little cash here. This was only for like, you know, I think what was it, like 25 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever. He was minus 120, is what I got him at. Algio broke his arm. It was an incredible fight. Next fight, Robocop versus Chidi. I had Cheaty by knockout. Obviously, he's swung and miss on that one. That cut is phew. Oh, my top five today is top five worst MMA cuts. Songy Dong and, and Gregory did not make the list just because they're the most recent. But Gregory Rodriguez, when they open that up, when the picture of it opened up and you could see that main vein, oh boy, oh boy, lunch come back up, lunch coming back up, pretty aggressive. That's rough shit, uh, horrible. I've never seen a cut like a like that. It was crazy and incredible hard. I gotta stop fading RoboCop. I thought Chitty. Look good in the beginning and then quickly fade it, and uh, you know he's got to work on that gas thing. It ain't got no gas in it. Got to put some gas in it, Chi. Man event: Corey saying for Song Dong. I love Corey's performance. People giving him shit a little bit. Oh, he looked slow. He looked this. I love the way he fought. He looked jacked to me. His arms look bigger. He looked like he was in better shape. Uh, he's clearly working with with Ryan Hall. He was in his corner. Got a little new uh, coaching staff in the uh, in his corner. Uh, was looking for takedowns, which are great. He even said, "I might look at him takedowns and get takedowns all the time." I'm giving him different looks. Song Yadong's a big, heavy puncher. Why staying with him the whole time? Corey was throwing real pity-pat stuff, hitting hard to the body. It was a beautiful performance. That elbow he got that cut him. Gorgeous. Co- Corey is a guy that I, I, I'm still going to keep an eye on his division. I know he lost to Yan. I know he lost to Dillashaw. I know he lost to Sterling. No one's really kind of talk about him. I love that he called out Marab. I think that's a really, really good fight for him. Maybe in the summer, if Marab isn't willing to fight Aljo, who is Marab going to fight? Let him fight Corey Sane again. That's fucking fantastic. Or... The winner of Petrion versus Char- if Sugar Sean wins him and Sugar would be a fucking great fight. But I love that performance by Gordon and He was my Morlock. So is Um, But yeah, I mean, that's that was saying song. I don't want to keep it too long. We're at 26 minutes here. All right. So that's a, that was a full recap. So I want to talk to you boys and girls about scam artists. OK, I feel like I'm in a dare program. Uh, no, listen, there was some shit going on MMA Twitter last week that popped my eye and it's happened to me a lot. And I've talked about it throughout these years. Again, for the people just watching, I did not just start this podcast when I was on Anakin Florian. I've had this podcast for many moons, 300 plus episodes. Go, go to the archives. I've been around for a little bit. That's how Anik, Cody Kenny found me and invited me to the show or some of the work I was doing with this. So I'm not related to John Anik. I'm not related to anybody. Uh, that's how they found me. So I've been talking about this forever, right? I've been I've been bashing touts. I've been bashing people who charge for picks. I swear up and down I won't pay for picks. So I want to absolutely clarify what I mean because I feel like maybe people think I'm taking a shot at them or whatever the case may be. Here's what it is. There was a guy, I forget his name, Chuck something. If you're tuned in to MMA Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. He made up a lie took some people's money apparently made up a lie that he worked for CBS Sportsline and ESPN with Ian Parker, which makes no sense because CBS and ESPN are not owned by the same company. They're actually pretty big goddamn rivals. And then people were tweeting Ian Parker like, Hey, I could you for this guy. This guy took a lot of people's money, blah, blah, blah. And Ian's like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. Right. What are you, what are you talking about? Cause Ian works for ESPN. He's like, we don't, we don't work with this guy. We don't know who he is. And the guy blocked everyone kind of disappeared off Twitter or whatever. He obviously was, selling his services of of hey you know I got fire pits you want to make money blah 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 load up an account and that's what kind of James Krause and his guy did James Krause's guy and I knew this guy excuse me this Chuck guy right when I got an MMA Twitter many years ago I remember his name popping up and being a scam artist so that kind of why I dug into it the guy that works with Krause I don't know now the Krause thing a couple weeks ago where they were doing account takeovers which is like FanDuel DK do not really like they tell they were like, load up your account with five grand. We'll take over. We'll make all bets. This isn't just MMA. This is bets across the board, and they were using the word guaranteeing profits. This is almost like giving a financial planner or a stockbroker or whatever money and guaranteeing an ROI, a return of investment. They were doing that with sports gambling, which is very dicey because, goddamn, you can I mean, even if you got a system, even if you got things rigged. Uh, what if 40 people come out to you? I mean, what, what what are we doing here? Right. Got a lot of shit on his discord. They end up taking it down, I think. And then they were saying it's only going to be offshore, but I don't know some real kind of shady shit going on there. And I have for forever. I even did us an Anakin Florian podcast. I bash people that charge for picks. I think it's silly. There are people out there though, that charge for picks that are probably great. I just don't think I could, and I, not don't think I don't, I'll never do it. But I'm not talking about the guys who are out there charging for content. So if you go, hey, DM me 50 bucks or Venmo me 50 bucks, I'll give you my three best bets. And you're getting no content out of that. I don't love that because you're taking people's money and making bets. My advice for those people that are willing to give money up like that is just take a little time. Listen to some people you like. Pay for maybe people's Patreons who you think are sharp or whatever Get some advice and do your own research. Make your own money. It's going to feel way better. The problem is everyone wants to get rich. They want to get rich. They want to get rich. And, you know, it's like, oh, this guy, this guy has a system. I'll pay him 50 bucks. He'll turn it into 500. You know, that's why drug dealing. So goddamn fucking uh, enticing to people. What I can buy this and turn it. You know what I mean? People get obsessed with the money. And I'm not like that. I'm not a money obsessed guy. I'm very privileged in my life to never have to be. Of course, I like money. You know what I mean? I love money. I want to get paid. But I'm not one of these super hungry, you know, guys that, you know, here, give me, here's a hundred bucks. Turn this in the 500 right now. So I'm, I'm referring to when I say touts, I'm referring to those, those guys who are like a DM me, get on a list, whatever. And again, there might even be some good people out there, but I'm not referring to the guys like, for example, MMA lock in the night, my guy, Manpreet, he sells his picks or not sells his picks. Excuse me. He has his picks behind his Patreon, which is however many a month. But his production value, his audio, and all the shit he puts out for free, that's way worth it. The guy's content is what you're paying for. It. You're paying for the content on top of the picks. He's not just scheming picks. He's also doing the, the lock in the night challenges, which are great. Like, he's he's got a lot of irons in the fire. So guys that have a Patreon that are putting time and effort to making a good show and doing all that, I think they should charge whatever they want. I love that shit, right? And Manpreet's got the thing where if he loses an event, then the picks are free. And if he's on a three event winning streak, three event winning streaks they're behind the Patreon or whatever. He does it right. So when I go after touts, I'm not going after Manpreet. I'm not going after certain guys. I'm going after the scumbags. I'm saying the things about the slime balls. That's what essentially the slime ball parlay is. And um, so, uh, sorry, I just realized my computer wasn't plugged in. That could be a problem. But it's okay. We'll figure it out. So anyway, uh, that threw me off. So I'm not referring to the man priests or anybody like that. I'm referring to the slime balls out there. So be careful with your money. If it seems too good to be true, it is. And uh, just don't load up an account and expect to get rich right away. You know, it's just that's just not the world we live in. Excuse me. I got to I should have had this queued up before. It's on me. Come on. I wish I was a better speller. You ever wish like something while, while we're while we had this dead air here, you know, there's always that question people always ask, like, do you stand up or sit down when you wipe? You know, that has been asked before. Here's here's the question I want to hit in the comments. Right. Nothing i related. When you wash, when you get a shower, do you wash your hair or your body first? Right. My wife and I do it differently. I'm not going to tell you which one I do. But my wife, no, no, fuck it. I'll tell you which one I do. I wash my body first and then my hair. My wife says that's disgusting because your hair's dirty. And when you wash your hair after washing your body, all the dirt goes to your body. And it makes sense. But I'm, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. So what do you do? Do you wash your hair first? Wash your body first. We're back. I got it queued up. All right. So that's what I'm talking about. So be like Manpreet. Be like MMA Locker tonight. Put out good content. Charge for your content. But don't be a sleaze ball going, put it, give me a thousand dollars. I got fire picks. Tell them people to fuck up. Get out of here. We don't want that shit. All right. One little thing. Again, I could talk about a million things. I'm trying to keep it tight, I'm trying to keep it a tight, tight show here. Again, there's a lot of stuff. I've been away for a little bit. There's a lot of stuff I can talk about. The one thing I want to talk about is Charles Oliveira. There's a video going around of him beating up an amateur, is what they says, beating up a sparring partner. Now, there's been a lot of videos going around. Josh Near, and I and I tried to find the videos. They both were copyrighted. At least that's what they told me. So if this goes up on YouTube and those are there, I'm going to get a copyright claim. I already got one because I played literally, I thought you could play 15 seconds of a song. I played like five seconds of Kid Rock's Cowboy, and I got a copyright claim. So I'm not trying to fucking mess with the YouTube God. So I didn't put it up there. But go look at the Charles Oliveira video. It's all over YouTube, all over Twitter, Instagram, whatever. He beats what they say is an amateur, an amateur fighter, beats him up, hits him with the body shot, drops him, and then keeps hitting him while he's turtling on the ground. A lot of people have different opinions about that. I am, I wish I was so definitive. I was thinking about this last night. I, you know, because I've obviously, believe it or not, been in a gym for quite for quite some time I was training and I saw stuff like this. I was actually involved in something like this, a little bit different. Maybe that'll be a story time from another, another time, but there's a lot of context behind this. Is this an amateur fighter that thinks he's hot shit and he goes and he, he's going a little too hard against, you know, Oliver and Oliver had to show him what's up. Is this a guy off the street like the Chris Curtis video? Some guy off the street says I'm 200 in street fights. I can beat anybody in here. And you, you got to put a you got to put a lesson to him because I mean, what, what the fuck are you doing, bud? Like, what are you doing? Um, there's a lot of context. But let's just say, for example, it was an amateur fighter just trying to learn the ropes not arrogant, not anything. It's a little excessive. I know Charles was pulling his punches at the end on the ground, but it's like you drop somebody, you hurt somebody, y- you know, even if you're in the kill mode, train mode, whatever, y- you walk away, you know? And I know in Brazil, though, they train hard. There's videos of, of Oliveira just swanging, banging. I mean, you, there's videos of old shoot box of Vanille Silva and Shogun sparring. I mean, they, it was a fight. I mean, they were fighting. I mean, that's why these guys' chins go the way they go. I mean, you can't, that's just an old school way of training. And some gyms in Brazil, I guess the gym that Charles Oliveira's at, they still train that way. So maybe his coaches were like, hey, teach this kid a lesson, whatever the case may be. I've seen it myself. There's a guy in my, the, uh, the old gym I used to go to, professional fighter at the time. He probably had like 12 professional fights. And at the MMA gym, when you every MMA gym, you walk in, you get sized up. You're the new guy, you get sized up immediately. If you're the same weight as somebody, you got eyeballs on you, no one's there to hold your hand, walk you through. I was lucky, lucky enough to meet both Chris's Chris Smith, RIP and Chris Curtis. Because they helped me out, right? Chris was my size. We sparred. He was a great dude. But there was a guy who was a smaller guy, about 135er, that would salivate every time a, a, a fresh faced guy would come in and he would be like, hey man, you know, and he's like the nicest guy in the world. And he wouldn't spar other pros. He would spar the new guys. And hey, we'll go light, man. We'll go light, man. And then all of a sudden, head kick. All of a sudden, you know, horrible body kicks. Uh, We're froze up here. Let's see if this is going to clear up. Oh, man. This might be an audio-only episode. I'm literally staring at my face. I went 40 minutes on a pretty good clip. And my face is just frozen right now. Motherfuck. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to go audio only because, uh, this, this thing, uh, this thing stopped working. So we're audio only, which isn't the best thing in the world, but we're already 40 minutes in. I cannot restart. Uh, and we're going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to post these cuts on, uh, Cause I mean that's the whole thing with the, on video was you got to post the cuts on uh, motherfucking God damn it you're about to see <laughs> you're about to see a spiraling out of me because I pay forty dollars a month for this program that I like right and three times now so one time it froze like that like twelve minutes in I redid it the other time the file corrupted which I had a was. Fucking pissed me off. You guys remember that one. And now I'm 40 minutes in, it just completely froze out. So now we're audio only. And I got to tell you, I'm out of one to ten, boys. I'm ready. Oh, fuck. All right, you know, fuck you. Fuck you, program. Okay, so anyway, Charles Oliver, I've seen it before. Lost my train of thought. There was a guy at the gym. He used to literally say, hey, you want to spar a little bit? You know, I'll teach you how to spar. And he's like head kicking him and knocking him out and just... There are people out there like that. Charles Alvarez, the champion, he's like, listen, I got to get work. He probably shouldn't be training with fucking amateurs anyway, but what are you going to do? All right, here we go. Top five cuts in MMA, and I wish you could see them. I wish you could, but this goddamn fucking thing. All right, all right. Serenity now, Brian, Serenity now. All right, so top five MMA cuts, in my opinion, right? Um, number five, and it's not the worst cut because Greg Rodriguez cut is horrible. And Song Yudong's cut was bad. I can't believe they let Song fight for two or three more rounds and they stopped the Nate fight. The Nate fight was, was a pretty good cut. I know that was in New York and New York's whatever. The Nate cut was, was not nearly as bad as, as the, as the fucking cut on uh song. Right. But it is what it is. Number five. Fedor the famous Fedor versus TK cut back in rings Fedor's only loss forever and it was a decent size cut again I'm putting all these up on my Instagram Brian Petrie MMA on Instagram I changed the name Brian Petrie MMA on Instagram go vote for what uh what your, uh and then I guess vote if you wash your body or what first either because god damn it this is this is a joke anyway Fedor TK not the worst cut in the world they stopped the fight. A lot of people think it was bullshit. It was rings was a Japan Japanese organization. TK was a big star. They thought, you know, little shady shit went on. Could have went. It was a decent sized cut, right? It was not bleeding a whole much because fucking Fader was a cyborg, but it was a nice little cut. Uh, they stopped it. They stopped it and it was uh, it was nasty. So you're going to see that on the Instagram. Joe Stevenson versus BJ Penn. This one is just fond memories because this one BJ finally won the lightweight title choked out. Joe Stevenson, BJ, in my opinion, this was the best shape he's ever looked in. And he fucking sliced Stevenson up. And I don't know how bad the cut was, but the picture you're going to see on the Instagram, the amount of blood that was coming from Stevenson was absolutely horrific. Uh, So much blood, right? So much. And 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 I think it was BJ was on top, grabbed the back of his head and just whoop, elbow down, cut him right, like right on the hairline. And that fucker would not stop bleeding. Great performance by BJ. One of my favorite BJ performances. He's UFC 80, by the way. I think they were in England, maybe. It was yeah, it was UFC 80, possibly in England. I don't remember. Cub Swanson over Jose Auto. Cub Swanson got kneed in his fucking head by Jose Auto a second or two into their fight. And it was horrific. Again, check the Instagram, Brian PGMMA. Uh this cut again didn't bleed a lot, but you can see his fucking skull. And this is a cut that doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, it's one of Jose, who just retired. You know, I don't believe his retirement, but he did just retire. Um, it was one of his legendary performances because Cobb was really good, and you know, an up and comer too. And Jose just dispatched him and really quickly. Number two is going to be Marvin Eastman. This is the cut everyone talks about. It looks like he got hit in the fucking head with an axe. It's a fucking vagina on his head. Didn't bleed a lot. Had to stop the fight. See his skull. It's enormous, right? That's the cut that's going to be people's number ones probably, right? I get that. But I think my number one is a tie between Robbie Lawler and Overeem's lip, right? I, I listen, a cut on my head, stitch it up. It's going to hurt, whatever. But when you fuck with a lip, I mean, they had that plastic surgery. Same with Ronda. Ronda got... Her lip was all fucked uh, after the Holly Holm fight. She had to get plastic surgery. Man, I mean, that affects your life. That is crazy. Overeign's probably over Lawler. Lawler's was just, his lip was not a connected to the corner of his mouth anymore. And he's screaming in the Rory McDonald fight. And it's fucking intense. So those are my number ones right there. I mean, Ovarian's is just looks, I mean, it looks like he got his face mauled by a pit bull. His is just, and Lawler's is like a perfect fucking triangle shape. Oof, oof, oof! Again, wish you could be seeing this. All right, we're gonna end this because I'm 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 pissed right now. I'm a fucking man. I'm gonna email this shit out of this program and demand money. But I'm gonna be a goddamn Karen here in a minute. All right, UFC 280 again. October's a little thin, boys. But UFC 280 is gonna make for make up for it. I think this might be one of the best cards they've ever put together. I've never fully gone through the card fight by fight yet. I've just seen announcements. Obviously, we know the big three main events or three well, the main events three big uh, fights, and so we're gonna go through it. Um, was it October 22nd? Right, October 22nd. First fight of the night. They just added this Shamil. Opt, uh, after rock i think i know that versus jelton almeida almeida is an absolute stud i think he runs through shamil hopefully we can get him under under 600 for that fight lena Landsberg versus carol rosa Carol Rosa very disappointing in her last time out but lena landsberg an older vet interesting fight um, uh a man uh boop. Armin petrosian versus aj dobson you know aj dobson's a guy i've slept on a lot petrosian coming off a loss pretty interesting Abubakar Nurmagomedov versus, god damn, Gadzi Amargozidov. Fuck you with these names. It's got to be a made-up name. Anyway, Russia versus Russia. Very very interesting. Abubakar is uh, Khabib's cousin, the guy who attacked Conor. One of the guys who attacked Conor in the cage. Very mid-level fighter. Not a great Nurmagomedov. Doesn't fight all that often. Very interesting. He's fighting another Russian 13-1. 13-1. Uh versus Nikita Krylov. I need that fight. People aren't going to be talking about that fight, but that's going to be violent. Two vets that I haven't believed, can't believe I haven't fought before. Muhammad Mukayev versus Mar- Malcolm Gordon. I think Mukayev is going to absolutely butcher Gordon. Makman Murdoff versus Cabarello. I love that fight. Both guys like to stand up. Cabarello has proven to be a little bit of a grappler as well. Incredible fight there. Zubora. Zubora. To go to could be Zubora uh, versus Lucas Almeida, who looked amazing in his UFC debut. Uh, you know, Zubora again, Khabib guy. They're in. The, this is Abu Dhabi. They're putting it together. Blah, Muhammad, Sean Brady. Whoop! I was on. Remember the show where I don't know if the fight got. I think the fight did get announced or maybe I can't fully remember, but Bilal was dialed in. He said, Sean Brady's not as good as me. He, you know, he was, go, I can't, I'm not going to replicate or duplicate what the fuck Bilal said, but man, it was good. And I love that fight because they're very similar. Sean Brady's undefeated. never fought a guy like Bilal. Bilal on him. Similar body type, similar styles. Very interesting to see who's gonna break. Who's the better grappler? Who's the better striker? What's gonna happen? Uh, I love that fight. Caitlin Chikagan versus and Farot. Caitlin Chikagan called out that French chick. Hey, you're getting that French chick and Manda Farot, who is a fucking savage. I think she'll be fighting for a title one day. Um, I said that a while ago, so don't be like, "Oh yeah, no shit, Sherlock." But hey, listen, I said it a while ago. Benny Darus versus Mantus Gamrot. Love that fight. Good to see Benny back. Feel like I've seen him in a while. Gamrot proved a lot in his fight against Armor and Petrosian. Squeaked that one out, even though I don't think he won that fight. But he showed a lot. Good grappling. Good, um, good cardio. Good striking. This is three rounds. Man, Benny has faded in fights before. This is interesting. Really want to see the line there to see before who gets my money. Yan versus my guy Sugar Sean O'Malley. If this stays on the feet, it's going to be interesting, right? Are they pushing Sean too much? Is this exactly what Sean needs? Petrion is an absolute savage. Um, but on the feet, man, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Sean O'Malley looked pretty pedestrian against a guy like Pedro Munoz. But if he comes out against Petrion, it's going to be a fun fight. Or Petrion just going to absolutely blitzkrieg through O'Malley and go, I fucking told you. Al Driver's TJ, very interesting at 135. Um, never seen TJ get out grappled before. Uh, I mean, Donald Cruz took him down a little bit, but you never really see him get put on his back or get his back taken, and that's how Aljo's going to win. Aljo's got some funky striking, though. It's hard to time. TJ's got that movement. He does have power, but it's TJ's going to have to, I think TJ's going to have to switch up his game more than Aljo. But I absolutely love that fight. And obviously, Charles Oliveira versus Islam. This seems like a big setup for Islam. Oliveira's already kind of making excuses, going, I don't want to fight there, but I'm going to fight. The champion has a name. Alex. I know it's vacant, but the champion has a name, Alex, or Charles Oliveira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I get it. You know, it's a Muslim crowd, Islam. You know, this is like the next Khabib. I get what the UFC's doing. But if you're Charles Oliveira and you're his manager, unless they offer him a big fat bag, be like, no, fuck this. I'll wait for November and do New York run run an intern on this one throw someone else in there throw Dariush in there against Islam let it be an intern because I'm not champion anyway and I'll get the winner of that in New York you know what I mean but I you know I, it, he must have got a bag all right so that's it sorry for the anger outburst sorry that this isn't on video uh I'm at my wits end with this program'm being completely honest with you which I always am but that's a show uh, Wednesday takes baby it's supposed to be a YouTube show and two of the six shows are audio only go follow me on twitter BrianPGMMA and instagram BrianPGMMA as well subscribe to the youtube channel i'm gonna have a video up shortly uh explaining on the youtube channel so don't worry about that and then um but but that's it follow me on social medias rate and review the podcast and i have a podcast spotify subscribe to the channel what else i gotta say what else i gotta say that is it bye bye